The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Tell me you just didn't say that. Sucker! Oh, yeah. Talking about my friend Booker T. He's running his own wrestling promotion, Reality of Wrestling, and they're doing their debut show at World's Gym Arena, the brand new Reality of Wrestling Arena in Houston, Texas, on January 30th with special guest RVD. You can go online and find out all about that. Booker T is here today to talk about Reality of Wrestling and share some great stories from his own career, uh, Hall of Fame career, WCW, WWE, TNA. And yes, Booker T is talking about the time he broke Stone Cold Steve Austin's hand in the original uh, WCW invasion in WWE, and also the infamous grocery store brawl. How hilarious was that? We'll also get into Harlem Heat, his Hall of Fame induction, how much his brother influenced him, and what he teaches the kids coming up in his reality of wrestling school. It's a great conversation, a very funny conversation. Booker's such a character, big goofball. Uh, Another reason why you should just subscribe to Talk is Jericho so you don't miss such amazing episodes as this. Subscribe on iTunes. If you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode, right? They're delivered right uh, to your device of your choice the moment they're released, the exact moment every Wednesday, every Friday, actually late at night, every Tuesday night around midnight, every uh, Thursday night around midnight. You will get those directly to your device. And if you subscribe, let us know what you think. Leave us a comment or two and a five-star rating while you're at it. Give me them five-star ratings. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. I would really appreciate it. Get to iTunes and take care of that business for me. Then go over to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho so they can get three free months of the DDP Yoga Now app. All right. You're going to love the DDP Yoga Now app. You get it for iOS and Android. I have it on my iPhone and I use it all the time now that I'm back with WWE. Got to do my DDP Yoga regularly so I can keep performing at the top of my game in the ring. I, uh, I haven't been doing it as much lately. And after my first couple matches, I felt it. I felt the sting. So I uh, started to do my DDP yoga again on a daily basis, on a uh, every other day basis. And boy, I feel strong like bull. And listen, I do it on the app. And the best thing about DDP's app is that I can get all the workouts right on my phone. It means I don't have to lug around the DVDs or the uh, special little DVD player to plug into my laptop. My laptop doesn't even have a DVD anymore. My car doesn't have a DVD uh, or a CD player anymore. You got to step into the now, man. You can do that on the DDP Yoga Now app. 
And that the app even has live workouts from the DDP Yoga Performance Center, recipes, nutrition guides. You can watch some live cooking shows. You can earn rewards within the app and redeem them for some cool prizes and DDP Yoga merch. The more workouts you do, the more points you get, the more points you get, the more merch you get. Okay, you're actually getting something to do DDP Yoga. It's a bribe and it's a good one. It's only going to help you because you guys know how much it helped me. DDP Yoga uh, basically saved my career, gave me a better uh, quality of life, and that's why Dallas wants to pass that uh, Jedi-like knowledge along to you and for you Sexy Beast listeners right here on Talk is Jericho. He's giving you the best price on DDP Yoga at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Okay? Then if you purchase DDP Yoga at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho, you will get, get this, not one, not two, but three free months of the DDP Yoga Now app. That's three free months. You got no other excuses, man. Get started on DDP Yoga today. It's one of the best decisions you can make for your health. And take advantage of this special offer. Get the lowest price for DDP Yoga and three free months of access to the DDP Yoga Now app by going to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho, all right? You gotta go do it now. I want you to get into better shape and this can take you there. Just ask Jake the Snake how how much it helped his life. Uh, and if you haven't seen the amazing documentary, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, you have to check it out now. It's superb and it's available at iTunes now. You have to see his story and what Diamond Dallas Page and his gang did for Jake. He, they saved his life, literally, figuratively, every sense of the word. It is a tremendous piece of filmmaking. I want you to go check it out on iTunes now, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. And don't forget, don't miss out on the exclusive DDP Yoga offer at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. You'll get the best price on DDP Yoga plus three free months of the DDP Yoga Now app. You got to do it. Change your life. Get in the best shape of your life and go do it today. ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, Got my reality wrestling pen. Got my reality wrestling notebook, and uh, yeah, man, here we are Ooh. in the, uh, the the home of reality of wrestling, run by himself, Booker T, my old friend. And it's funny, I pulled up and there's a big uh, sign that says "Parking Space Reserved for Booker T." Yeah, man, heck yeah, I gotta do it up big. I gotta, you know, treat myself like the boss. <laughs> you know, let me come on here. Yeah, but it's awesome, man. It's but awesome. but you are the boss of your own promotion. Which blows my mind because, I mean, you've been in the business about as long as I have, and you know how hard it is to run a promotion, yet you're doing it. You're doing a pretty pretty big job so far. You know, um, I, I've thought about this for many, many years. When I first got in the wrestling business, I said I want to open a wrestling school and, um, you know, run every, you know, wrestling, you know, company in town out of business you know but i know and the reason i say that is because i know how i got treated you know when i was coming up right. and i thought i could make it a whole lot better situation for these young guys trying to get into the business who want to fulfill their dream you know and it's always that one promoter trying to hold them back telling them they can't do this or they can't do that difference is i tell my kids they can do anything um you know they set their minds to they set their hearts to and you know and i go out there and work really really hard for it and um the um 
you know, the whole thing is built around a bunch of young kids who um, a lot of young kids have grown up to be young men uh, mm-hmm. with me um, that I started to think 10 years ago. And um, one of my kids, um, he's been with me, um, actually a few of them, been with me for 10 years for the duration. You've been of, running uh, this school for 10 years now? Yes, it's been 10 years. Uh, we had our 10-year anniversary in wow. December. Uh, we've been running the school and we've been doing the television show now for uh, like three years, you know. So um, it's been it's been an awesome, awesome um, adventure of, um, you know, bumps in the roads, ups and downs, mm-hmm. you know, toxic-turvy times, wondering if we're going to be able to stay alive, especially like back in 2008 when the stock market crashed. We thought we were going to have to close down, you know, just a few years ago. We thought we was going to have to, you know, um, we were having our last show at our Christmas chaos, and boom, uh, you know, a life jacket came and, you know, brought us up out of there. Now, three years later, man, we um on the cusp of actually being um, able to do something big with reality. Wrestling. So when you're talking about, you know, you wanted to start your own school and start your own promotion and we were talking earlier about things that you don't even think about as far as you know getting permits and all this stuff was it hard to get your own promotion up and running and and start making a go of it you know you know, for the last, um, Did you just pull out a wad of money out of your pocket. <laughs> I got the face of guys coming here. <laughs> nah, nah. You're a true promoter. You need a cigar now too. <laughs> no, no, extremely hard. Um, but the one thing I, I, I banked on was myself. Um, growing up in the neighborhood, you know my story. I mean, um, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth or anything like that. And wrestling has been my trade. This is what I know. This is what I feel like I do well. I say, man, I got to make something out of this thing. When I first got in the wrestling business, I thought that way. I, I didn't think about, you know, I was going to be a star for the next 50 years or anything like that. I say, man, I got to make something out of this. This is what I do. So now um, I lay the carpentry work. I lay all the foundation down now um, to actually move and evolve into something else and morph in the you know from the wrestler you know you're like the butterfly you know what i mean you know you you got to know how to you know change in seasons and that's what i've done very very well and starting this thing it was, it was hard i spent a whole lot of money i spent all of my money i own everything now though and now we're actually getting ready to open up our own arena and um that right there is um I, I pat myself on the back for it every night. You know, I, you know, um, I just asked the man upstairs to give me enough time to finish my work, and um, I'll be ready to come home. And um, I got, a, I got, but I got a lot of more work to get done. <laughs> you know, um, to take this thing from a regional, you know, perspective here, all covering all of Texas, to finally um, taking the thing national, um, and then to take it international. That's my goal. Um, really? Okay. This thing big as I possibly can. So how, how many shows do you do, like, on a monthly basis? Well, what we do is, um, as of... Um, up until this date, we've just been doing one show a month, but we've been taping four shows out of that one um, one setting. Um, now we're going to actually be able to add more shows to the roster because the television is hitting 900,000 households around the Texas area. So now we're going to be able to take it um, here um, and cover Texas first. We want to crawl before we walk. We want to make um, baby steps. Um, we want to actually um, sneak up on everybody, you know, and uh, not talk um, real loud, but, um, you know, make a big wave when we come through and let people see that reality of wrestling is something different the makeup of it is a bunch of like i say a young kids my champion is a 19 year old spanish kid named gino he's been with me for three years he's mm-hmm. a grown man um, <laughs> but he's 19 years old and he's awesome and uh, my concept is reality of wrestling is young people seeing young people do something they can inspire to actually be that you know to be a superstar to be a wwe superstar sometimes that's maybe unattainable to the kid that's watching the show but the kid that's watching gino 
oh man mom send me the reality of wrestling <laughs> that's what I want to do and that's what I'm trying to tre- uh, create a utopia for young people to actually uh, good do word thing. yeah but, that, <laughs> but that, that's what it was like Jim from... Jones I got that from him <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid I, I uh, you know I wanted to get into the wrestling business but to me growing up in Winnipeg you know go, uh, Wrestlemania being in Madison Square Garden it's, it might as well have been on a different planet because I didn't know where New York was I didn't know how to get to New York or how you could actually but Calgary Stampede Wrestling Wrestling. I knew where Calgary was. I'd been there. So it gave me kind of a, a goal to focus on. And that's kind of what you're building here, too, in, in Houston. You know, not only did um, that give you guys a, 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 a platform, I, I tell you, man, I watched that stampede. Those guys were awesome wrestlers mm-hmm. um, all of those guys were top notch talent you got a chance to work with some of the best guys in the world before you ever got a chance to best work with the best guys in the world mm-hmm. so that's what um, Stampede you know gave you and that's what Reality of Wrestling is teaching these guys you know you do what it took to make it in the locker room before you ever knew what it took to make it in the ring just because mm-hmm. you was taught it and that's what I teach my young guys I teach them that it's hey it's going to be a lot of bumps in the road um, it's going to be a lot of obstacles but you got to figure a way you know, over, around it, under it, and some. Sometimes you just got to go straight through that obstacle, and that's what I teach my kids. Do you uh, ever work on any of these shows? No, um, I'm a promoter, um, I'm, uh, and unlike I, I most of the promoters, um, you know, that run their shows, they want to be the champ. Uh, they want to do all of the promos. <laughs> yeah. They want to take up time for the, for the from the young guys or anything like that. No, uh, up until this point, I have not been on my show uh, for ten years. Mm. Um, that's all been by design. My wife Charmel has been the general manager. Um, um, just this month, I took over her day-to-day operations um, as as a boss of the show, and uh, I'm just now beginning to get some airtime. Just because we're moving to a bigger, bigger. Well, that's uh, what I'm saying. You're moving to a bigger arena. I know you just got really big TV in Houston last yeah. time I saw you. Yeah. That it just happened. CW, like, baby. CW. CW 39. So when you're getting on CW 39, are they expecting to see Booker T to, to kind of put some eyeballs you on know, the show? Actually, um, they haven't been. You know, they've never asked hmm. me once, and I told them from the beginning what this thing was about. I'm trying to create something different um the show is not about me at all i don't bring in stars you know that's been in wwe wcw and put them out there and make them bigger stars than my stars i'm trying to create something you know to where my guys one day could possibly be household names um our stars are our stars our our fans watch our show to see our stars such as tna once upon a time was you know aj styles right you know bobby rude you know exactly i mean the fans tuned in to watch those guys and they went away from that that blueprint they went away from the six-sided ring they went away from you know something that they had built and it almost killed them it perhaps could have killed them. Um, and, that, and I'm trying to use their same blueprint and create the same thing, and, but really push it and push it hard. So that's how you're doing things differently. Is you're not, this is not like a, an indie promotion bringing in guys from everywhere, the indie guys. You're just doing it completely in-house? Completely and actually not completely in house. I, I do um, bring in some wrestlers like the Heavenly Bodies, a couple of kids out of Jersey, okay, um, and um, uh, which are, are really good wrestlers. Are they going to ever make it to WWE? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but are they, are they stars to me? Oh, of course they are. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got this one kid named Solo out of the uh, Maryland area. I'm getting ready to bring him in. He he's the guy who's been knocking on the door, knocking on the door. He do a lot of extra work when when they come to town. But t- to me, I look at this guy and I say, man. He 
he's a star. He could be a star here in reality of wrestling. So the um, the uh, the guys that don't make it, um, they're going to be more than welcome to come here to reality of wrestling and become stars. And hopefully, with that um, that 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 light shined on them, you know, maybe someone will see them and come a calling and say, hey. Mm-hmm. I think you are ready for the big leagues, you know. And that's what we had. Um, that's what I had working in ESPN coming up, you know, uh, five days a week. You know, I never did a tryout or anything like that. I never did any extra work. You know, I've been a main eventer since day one, you know. <laughs> no, 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 but I, I say, um, you know, when I was on ESPN, I say, man, somebody going to see me and they're going to call me. I ain't got to call nobody. I, I, I'm talent, you know, and I try to teach my guys that I was Tell them, you know, don't go down there and do that extra work. You know, you can be typecast of the extra for mm-hmm. the rest of your life. You could be a rosebud every time, you know, they come to town. And you may never make it to the big show just because you have belittled yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, so I teach my guys, if you want to, you know, make it in this business, you know, um, you got to know that you're better than the guy that's next to you. You got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I look just as good as the guy that's out there. And then you go down there and you pay that money and you go to that trial with 50 guys to 100 guys around you and you show how good you really are in front of 50 or 100 guys and the scream always rises mm-hmm. to the top yeah but it's interesting like you're you're, you're a, a rare breed in the business and that you're you're the total package like few are big guy tall you can work athletic acrobatic you can talk great personality great character i mean do you see things differently when guys walk into your school where let's say it's a little guy or a fat guy do you kind of say like come on man look in the mirror or do you try and find what's good about oh, man, them yeah, I, I do you know what i mean uh, just a story on one of my kids um gustavo mendoza um his name is luis mendoza but i call him gustavo um he came into my, stu- uh, my, my school when he was uh 17 years old and uh he was this fat little mexican kid you know and, uh, and i like man what are you why are you here you know he's like i want you know join the school and i was like you know come back when you're 18 mm-hmm. so um he came back when he was 18 years old and literally he could not even do a front roll he could not do a backwards roll like a little baby does uh he could not do it and um it was i was like man look go work out for three months and come back and he went and worked out for three months and he came back you know and, I, why, and I, literally I tried to talk him out of joining the school and I, and I said why do you want to do this he just said man I've been wanting to do this my whole life and um, so I gave him a chance you know I signed him up to the school and I tell all of my guys to bring their notepad you know what I mean so he brought his notepad and I tell him always write down when you see me go off on somebody write that down right, you know right, what, right. what not to do why, yeah. write that down don't, don't ever write down what to do always <laughs> Always what not to do. So, so he did that for about four months. And finally, we had a show. A kid couldn't show up to, to do the show. And um, I look at Gustavo and say, Gustavo, if you can get in the ring and show me something, um, I'll put you on the show. And mm-hmm. finally, Gustavo got in. He did a good job. Got on the show. From that point on, Gustavo was not on a show. Gustavo Mendoza became so good. He became the reality of wrestling champion for one year straight. No one could take the title from him because here you um, you work off your merit, um, how good you are. No one could take the title off him because he was smarter than every one of my guys. And now he's my promo guy. He's worked for me. He's retired, went to college, and came back to um, continue his career. So that's what I got here with Reality of Wrestling. You know, you're, you're taking – I can tell you got a real um, gleam in your eye when you talk about mentoring these kids and mentoring these guys. Was there somebody that was like that for you when you first started in the business? You know, um, 
You know, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys start yeah. at the same time? Yeah, we started okay. at the same time, you know, but I, I wouldn't say he mentored me the way I'm mentoring these kids. Mm -hmm. But my brother is the guy that I always looked up to and wanted to be like. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for my brother, I know I wouldn't be in this business. You know, he was the one getting to try it. I was just following him along. And, Who's this guy? You know, he's my brother. He work? Yeah, he's a worker. You oh, well, I'm looking for a tag team. You know, that's the, that's the way that happened, right. you know, by pure coincidence. But, um, um, but but to actually um, be able to mentor these um, kids and um, actually, you know, give them a pat on the back because you really never realize how much just a pat on the back could do for these kids. Um, I've seen kids, you know, actually tears come to their eyes just from telling them they did a great job. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, so, you know, you never really know what they're going through at home, you know, and this may be that escape. Um, for them, you know, to come to to, you know, leave all that behind. I know when I um, got into wrestling, you know, and I would go to the other side of town and leave all my friends on the other side of town. They didn't know what I was doing, you know, because wrestling was stupid, you know. What I mean? Why are you doing that, you know? What I mean? But it was an escape for me, you know, to be able to go out there and become a superhero and play act, you know what I mean, and do Shakespeare, Romeo who, who and Juliet. Did Shakespeare. Yeah, <laughs> Who'd yeah. you train with? Um, I actually I went to Ivan Pussy School, but um, um Scott Casey um was my trainer. Um Cowboy Scott Casey, uh you know, old W C W actually a W W C guy, and um actually world class as well as um W W W F um guy, you know. So um I tell you, man, he was um a guy who taught me the little things in in the sport of of professional wrestling, and um I remember him to this day. And every time I talk to one of my uh, students, I always you refer back. I can say, you know, my trainers told me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org slash work. When you talk about working on ESPN, what company was that? It was on uh, the Global Wrestling oh, Federation. Global. Yeah, and uh, me and my brother, we got the opportunity um, to actually um, work there for almost two years. You know, Hot Stuff, Eddie Gilbert, he put us together as a tag team. And, you really? know, he said, you guys going to be a great tag team. I want you guys to wear suits. I want you guys to, you know, go out there and perform at a high level. You guys are going to be starting next week. So we show up to do the show, and uh, we say, where's Eddie? Eddie got fired. You know, well, what about uh, us? You know what I mean? Oh, well, the only thing we we could do is give you a trial. The rest is history. <laughs> what was your name when you guys were? We were the Ebony Experience. Ebony Experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stevie Ray, the Ebony Experience. And uh, just showed us the power of actually being able to go out and entertain, you know, because they hated us when we first came to that building. But when we left, you know, two years later, um, those same people, man, they cried. We got a standing mm. ovation, you know what I mean? 3,000 people in full, you know what I mean, for the Ebony Experience. Uh, we got in that uh, Z28 and made that ride down the highway to Atlanta, Georgia, man. Uh, it's been awesome ever since, man. But, and years. the funny thing is, your real name really is Booker yeah, T. Yeah, man, Booker T. That's my Which real name. Which is amazing. Booker T and the I got MGs, lucky, man. man. I got lucky. My, my dad's name was Booker T. You know, my name is... No I'm, kid. I'm, yeah, I'm a You're a junior. junior. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, you know, and, and what's crazy was I wanted to change my name when I turned 18 because all, all the kids used to, you know, tease me and call me Booger. You know what I mean? You know, I was Booger all the time. Booger T. I got in so many fights as a kid because my name was Booger. And I'm like, when I turned 18, 
teal. I'm changing my name. And, you know, it turned out to be a pretty cool does name. The t, does the T stand for anything? You know, the T stands for nothing. It's on my birth certificate that way. Booker T. Huffman. The letter T. Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about going up the road to Atlanta. How did you get that call? Was someone watching you on ESPN? Um, like I say, Sid Vicious. Um, we were um, in the uh, arena on a Saturday night, and um, and um, the, the phone rang. And I remember Maniac Mike Davis, he was like, hey, guys, you guys got a phone call. You know, Sid Vicious. You know, like, what? You can't, you can't be Sid Vicious. You know? <laughs> yeah, hey, right. Brother, brother, you talk to him. You talk to him. You know what I mean? Your brother's always, always get to talking. You know? so, <laughs> oh, Stevie Ray yeah, to talk yeah, yeah. So he act like, yeah, oh, yeah, what's going on? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but Sid was a guy who didn't know us um, from Adam. But, um, you wanted to help us, you know what I mean? That's that's a lot of people really don't know the heart of Sid Vicious, you know. Uh, Sid has always had a reputation of being a you know hardcore guy. He'll lead a building at a you know on a, on a whim to go play some softball, and, and all of that is true. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he brought us. He uh, he said, "I'm going to do everything to get you guys into uh, WCW." And, and because um, you know, I'm tr- I'm, I got a project. I'm trying to get into the office. I want to do some office work, and you guys oh, will be my first okay. project. And I'm um, we like, cool, man. He said, you know, whatever I got to do, you know, I'm get you here. Six months later, um, we were in Atlanta, Georgia, and not only did he bring us to WCW, but he put us up in his apartment for about three months. Mm. You know, and uh, he made sure we got a raise every month. You know <laughs> what I mean? And um, he, he, he told he taught us, you know, you know, the, some some of the. Um, you know, best experiences, um, you know, we possibly could have um, got, you know, was from Sid. I remember Sid telling us, you know, hey, guys, you're not going to get any promo time. They're not going to give you guys any promo time. So make sure you cut your promo on the way to the ring. Mm. All right? Just cut it on all the way to the ring. You cut your promo. You get in that camera's face, so you cut it. Wow. You know? So me and my brother, you know, came up with the, the – Promo on the way to the ring, you know what I mean? <laughs> so we got more promo time than anybody on the show. I remember know? that you're always talking on the way to the ring. Ah. I'll talk, my brother will talk, I'll jump back in, and he'll talk, you know, so it was just awesome, you know. We created something, and, uh, you know, Sid was there for us all the way. Our first pay per view, Houston, Texas War Games in the main event, Harlem Heat, and, you know, and our partners, you know, Sid Vicious and Big Van Vader. Can you, can you imagine mm-hmm. that? Can you picture that? <laughs> Can't even imagine something. Who are you like working that. with? Um, we we're going to be we we're working against Sting, Lex Luger, uh, Dustin Rhodes, and uh, the, it's a one main other event name. Match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it was a main the, the main yeah. event. Oh, the main event. The yeah. main event. I'm in the main event. My first pay per view. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. I've been a main event since day one, but that's another story. <laughs> now you're officially in the main event. <laughs> yeah. But it was awesome, you know, um, to have someone like Sid backing us um, all the way. And I always give Sid a lot of credit. Never um, have I ever, you know. See it down in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Where did the name Harlem Heat come from? You know, uh, Dusty Rhodes actually. Um, we were throwing it around. Actually, Dusty wanted to come. He came up with Shy Town Heat. You know, but we was like, man, it's cold. It's cold in in, in, in Chicago. <laughs> but Harlem Heat is cold in, in Harlem too. But it just you know it sounds cool. Right, right, yeah. You know what I mean? So we actually, uh, you know. Told him, you know, we 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 loved, you know, Richard Roundtree, you know, Cotton comes to Harlem, you know what I mean. We were the big Harlem fans, you know, and it just sounded exactly, you know, black exploitation movies. Yeah, black exploitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Harlem just sounded a lot tougher than anywhere. You can you walk through Harlem, you yeah, you just hear about walking through Harlem, you kind of get scared. You 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 may have never been there, but you get a picture of your just here, yeah. 
<laughs> it looks bad. You don't want to walk through there. So definitely uh, Harlem Heat was cool, and we made up every other uh, thing that went with um, Harlem, you know, like Artie's Pool Hall. You know, that was just mm-hmm. mythical stuff. Yeah. You know, we, we never – Sounds you know, good. That was no Artie's Pool Hall, <laughs> you know, but, but it sounded cool. Was Dusty the, the booker when you got there? Yeah, Dusty was um, one of the guys who uh, was very, very instrumental in um, our careers. Um I remember Dusty, um, you know, told me one of the greatest things I ever could have heard as a young man um, in the business. You know, I went out and it's from like first match. You, know. you got to do it in Dusty's voice. That's a, that's a tradition. Yeah, I tell you, I, okay. I, 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 get to, I, I get to that. He said, I went out first match, rocked it, bing, bing, bing. And, um, you know, yeah, because I was all about stealing the show. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. what we did. It was about going out there and being the best on that card each and every night. And um, and I walked back to the through the curtain and uh, Dusty said, hey, baby. They won't put you on first no more. <laughs> I was like, yeah, baby. They won't be putting me on first. Because uh, that's what I strive for, you know what I mean? Um, you know, guys like myself, guys like you, Chris, uh, I tell these young guys, you know, it's competition. It's war. You know what I mean? Um, you could be friends. You could be, you know, um, comrades and all of that, you know, in war. But um, we going out there and um, we, we trying to be better than each other every night. Um, it's good for the show. Um, the show is going to be a much better show when we're out there competing against each other. And, and that's what I did. Uh, from a young man in the sport, um, I, I went out there and, um, you know, uh, tried to get a guy a cone track uh, <laughs> on a weekly basis. You know what I mean? We talked about that, Chris. You know about that. I'm finna go out here and get this guy a cone track. This guy may um, – Never have looked good against anybody else, but tonight he's going to look like he's a superstar, and that guy would get a cone track. You know what I mean? We so, got to have this guy. He looks so good. He's great. Yeah, you know, sign what, him what up. What are we thinking? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So that's what, uh, you know, um, I always try to, you know, strive to go out there and do it. I tell my young guys that that's what the business is missing. Mm-hmm. You know, the business is missing, you know, the guys being able to go out there and create and come up with their the, their own feel and their own way of um, going out there doing things, you know. It's just like my wife, Charmelle, was just talking about you um, just last week, and she's she was like, <laughs> no disrespect to anything, <laughs> trust me on that. She was like, you know, I was in the elevator with Chris Jericho, and, you know, he's really not that big, but when you see him on television, he portrays to be bigger than everybody. Hmm. He's bigger, and when you look at him on television, you never think about Chris Jericho and how big he is because he portrays bigger than life. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's what our guys do not have the ability to be able to go out there and, uh, you know, take the game to that level right there where when people watch you, they look at you and, and go, wow, he's good. Mm. And that's the only thing they see is how good you are. Mm-hmm. And you were one of those guys, man. I, I always tell guys, you know, when me and Chris went out there and worked, it was, you know, the fans were in for a treat because Chris was going to give it to them, you know, from every perspective as well as I was. Right. It was going to be something that they can walk away from going, man, that was good. I can't wait to see those guys again, which is that's what it's all about. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember because um, you and I. Thank you, bud. You and I worked together quite a few times on house shows, live events in WCW, 
And it was, I think some, one day someone didn't show up or something happened, just a random parent because we didn't do anything on TV. And it was such a, a great experience, so much fun that we ended up going on weeks and weeks and months and exactly. months and months exactly. based around that exact concept. Exactly. You know, I used to love, we used to call it DiCaprio. DiCaprio, baby. Shakespeare. <laughs> We're finna go out here and do it. And that's the thing, you know, um, to be able to go out there uh, uh, and have fun um, doing what you do. Um, a lot of, a lot of the guys these days, you know, they're walking on eggshells. They really don't know how to go out there and perform and have fun. I remember being in matches where I've actually laughed, you know right. what I mean? You know, and, and you, you have to try to cover it by you know, tying your boot or something like that, you know what I mean? You make each other laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the part that I, I try to teach my guys here at Reality of Wrestling, to go out there, you know, I don't give them a, a guideline, I give them a blueprint, you know, I give them, a, you know, um, exactly what they need to go out there and perform and they take that blueprint and make it their own mm-hmm. um, if they need a little bit of help um, as far as this go as far as that go I'll help them out but as far as them going out there and creating their stories you know um, that's going to be totally up to them I'm, I'm not going to be there all the time for them you know and so I tell them to watch the guys who do this very well get on your internet and uh, um, uh, pull up some of these matches you know uh, some of these Japanese matches are so awesome mm-hmm. you know these days they've taken the storyline to a to- totally different level Level, uh, even you know from the Japanese perspective, and it's awesome to actually go out there and watch. And then they bring it to a uh, you know the um, perspective of realism into the ring, to where you know somebody might bleed because somebody's going to get hit. Um, and that's what the business is. Go out there and take this thing to another level. And you know I cannot wait to uh, you know like I say for reality of wrestling for everybody around the country to be saying, man, uh, who's the mysterious Q? Man, this guy is so good, mysterious Q. <laughs> Brian Keith. Man, the quickest feet in the South. You know what I mean? This guy's good, man. You know what I mean? You know, Ryan Davidson, man, what this big brute come from? You know what I mean? You know, as well as um, I got um, you know, Sean Studd here with me. You know, the uh, the son of the legendary John Studd. You know what I mean? Really? So yeah, you know what I mean. As a shoot? Yeah, as okay, a shoot. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm serious. All right. No, I'm serious. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? And uh, it's, it's awesome. You know, for this kid to you know move all the way here to Texas to train with me. Um, Is he a big guy? He's about six foot six inches okay, tall. Okay, right. Yeah, and he's a yeah. He's only twenty four years old, and uh, he was um, the youngest of um, John Studd. Mm. And um, yeah, yeah, it's awesome actually to have him here working with me um, to try to get him to the next level. Hopefully, we can get him in the WWE sometime. But right now, he's just concentrating on his um, his form. You know, his you know trying to gain more as far as a, a mental aspect of the game. You know, and being able to walk in there knowing, you know, there's you know. It's not going to be easy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you can't, um, you know, work off your dad's name and expect to make it in this business these days. You got to go out there and perform at a high level, and you know, you're a big guy, but it's going to be guys out there even bigger than you. Look at Braun Strowman; this guy's a oh, monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to get any bigger than that. So, don't work the big guy gimmick. <laughs> 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 so, so, so he's he's, a, he's smart. You know what I mean? He's smart before he gets there. Just just talking to him, you're such a character, man. Yeah. And you have such character. And that's, you know, yes, there's so many great matches going on in Japan and work great. But the character aspect is something I always try and tell guys that ask me. Your character is almost as important, if not more important, than actually your skill in the ring. You know, I tell people, it's, it's, I think it's more important. Um, your character is, mm-hmm. you know, just about more. I mean, I mean looking at Ultimate Warrior over yeah. here and Piper, or the, yeah. you got these dolls on it's, the wall. It's more, yeah, it's more important than any skill set as yeah. far as your wrestling go. Um, I teach my guys... Um, 
the, from the wrestling aspect, you, you you really don't have to know how to do this. You just have to act like you know how to do that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, because you know, I'm not a, I'm not a trained wrestler. You know what I mean? That's a current angle. Yeah, you know, right. A guy like that. That's a trained so wrestler. Amateur Olympic exactly, style. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I can act like I could do the Olympic wrestling. DiCaprio. I can man. give a yeah. guy you know fireman's carry. Yeah. And look cool with it. You know, and hold on to the arm bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if I if I could do that, you know, if I could pass the spell test. Um, you know, we could win every time. I tell my guys, you know, as far as the move move go, um, that's something that's going to come in time. But if you could go out there and beat someone up real, real good, um, people will believe it. You know, I, I always talk, tell my um, young guys, but I say, look at Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't do anything. You know what I mean? He walked out with two knee braces on. He could barely walk. You know, <laughs> but when he starts stomping the butthole, and you, yeah. you go in there and start, you know, you know, throwing his head up. You know, you go, wow, man. That's Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know what I mean? Stone Cold Steve Austin could, you know, um, sell with the best of them. He can go out there and, you know, bump with the best of them. He could go out there and get in a good fight. And I tell you, people, the grocery store fight with Stone Cold and I, people talk about that every time I see someone. Absolutely. Somebody talk about the fight. It wasn't a wrestling. It wasn't one move. It wasn't one suplex done in that. Oh, it wasn't one headlock, one, not one top wrist lock, all wrist lock or anything. Um, but it was a good fight, and people go, wow, that was some good entertainment. If we can go out and entertain the fans to the point to where it suspends their imagination for that moment, and they um, get caught up in, in what they was just like a good movie at the end of it. You're clapping at the end of the movie, you know, like the, you know, they can really see you, you know what yeah. I mean? They can't see you, it's a movie, you know what I mean? But it was so good to where it moved you, it, you may, it made you feel a certain way. And um, that's what uh, I think the business is really all, all about. And um, if these young guys can go out there, I tell them, if you can make a, a tear come out of fans' eye. If you can, you know, take a fall out and crash up against the barrier and some kid reaches over and say, come on, Chris, you can do it. <laughs> then you're doing your job. <laughs> you're not doing that. Yeah. You're really not doing your job. Tell us a little bit more about the grocery store uh, fight. How did that come to be? You know, um, Stone Cold had been chasing me all around, you know, it. Because you came in from as as one of the outsider in, yeah, yeah, interlopers from, from, exactly, yeah. from WCW, of course. Invasion you know, came in. He was the first person I get into it with. Uh, Actually, but, you helped me win the undisputed championship. Exactly, right. exactly. Uh, first person I get into it with is Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it was crazy. Uh, before I even get into the uh, the grocery store. Uh, 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 Fiasco. <laughs> uh, my first night uh, coming in, I had to, you know, do some stuff with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I'm supposed to dump him on the table, and guys in the ring are working. Um, they're supposed to spill outside, you know, um, to take the tables, you know, take all the stuff off of it, take the TVs out and whatnot. And then I'm supposed to go out, you know, get my cue, jump over, nail Stone Cold Steve Austin, boom, drop him on the table, you know, big debut match. Um, every, that's the way it's supposed to win. They give me my cue. Go. Now, I go. All the stuff is still on the television. I mean, <laughs> on still table. on the table. The, the monitors, yeah. The monitor, the top of it and everything. But I, I couldn't go take that stuff off. I had a spot to do. Go pick Steve up, drop him on the table. He bounces off of it, lands on the floor. Bing, bing. Night's over with. I'm on my way to the next town. I get a phone call. Hey, Buck. You know, what's going on? Oh, man, it was a great night, man, Steve. I didn't get a chance to see him after. I don't know what happened to him. Um, great night. Um, no, nah, no, nah, Steve, um, you, you broke his hand. Whoa. You broke Steve's hand the first night I'm in, my first day. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did you break his hand? 
I'm trying to figure this out. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I, okay, Bruce Pritchard calls me. A book. You got to do something. You know, I don't know. You know, Steve broke his hand. You need to, you know, well, give me his phone number. I'll give him a call. I apologize to him. You know, you know I can't give you his phone number. I tell you what, he, he's at this hotel. Um, you know, you just probably met him at the hotel in the morning. You know, maybe maybe pack his bags to the to the ring for him. Well, hold, hold the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't packing no bags. <laughs> True story. I'll see Steve later on. Steve, sorry about your hair. Oh, no problem, book. You know? <laughs> Maybe he polish his shoes. Yeah. Spit shine his car. Exactly. You know, to pick him up from the airport. You know? <laughs> You're kidding me. But, uh, <laughs> the grocery store. Oh. Uh, they, uh, like I said, Steve, uh, been, uh, he chased me to the communion, you know, he chased me everywhere, you know what I mean, uh, I mean the confession, yeah. uh, he chased me everywhere uh, trying to find me, I was in a bingo hall, he tried to get me there, he finally, finally, um, I go to the grocery store, the Green Frog, I was just going for, looking for some Captain Crunch. It's called the Green Frog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I just happened to go in looking for some Captain Crunch. As you do. That day, and uh, I saw Stone Cold Steve Austin, so who I thought was Stone Cold Steve Austin, so I thought I'd take the opportunity to, you know, get the upper hand. The guy happened to be just a, a random shopper, and uh, that's how I started. Get some bargains. Exactly. Turn around, Steve Austin's behind me, boom, it kicks off. But just to actually uh, be able to go in there and... Was you it know, an actual grocery store? It was an actual grocery store. And um, the thing was, um, I don't know how much the check was. Vince had to write, but you know how they are. They write the check. <laughs> um, but they told us, you know, we had no guidelines. We could actually just, you know, tear the whole place up. Um, so uh, it was it was a one-shot deal. Um, we could only get it, you know, in one take. And they said action. And Steve and I <laughs> went to go in, you know. And it was uh, it was some classic TV, you know what I mean? It was all ad-lib as far as, you know, what we got the chance to do and what we got a chance to say, you know, um, it, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it was great, great TV. What a great story, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, and, I t and people could say what they want to say. They could say, man, you know, I, I tell you what, I've never had one fan come up to me and say, man, Booker T, uh, Stone Cold beat you up at the grocery store. They go, man, that was some of the best stuff I ever well, of seen. Course, yeah. Cold, which is what this business has really um, been built on since day one. And I believe in that. You know, I've never believed in the championships or anything like that other than I am the guy that's representing the company when I'm wearing it. I'm going to go out there and wear it proudly. I'm going to go out there and, you know, um, bust my butt in the ring each and every night because that's, that's who I am um, for that moment. But um, it's always been, uh, you know, you know, a pleasure for me to just go out there performing, man. I, I've been a performer since I was a kid, though. Me and my sister, we used to dance for the family oh, yeah. on holidays and whatnot, you know. Dance contest, you know, when I was coming up. Was it you break know, dancing? Break dancing, pop locking, you know. I'm, I'm still a pop locker. I'm still a b-boy. You know, I still go live. I'm going live on Periscope here. I'm here real soon. Uh, to do some, uh, do some dancing? I'm trying to do what you did, you know what I mean? What's uh, that? Dance with the stars. Oh, yeah, I'm trying gotcha. to, you know, I'm putting in my bed. Oh, you know right. I mean? okay. Dance with the stars. So I've been doing some stuff on Periscope, letting the world know that, hey, I still got it. Nice. Yeah, is, yeah. is that where the spin Rooney came from? Was from Yeah, popping? from being a b-boy back in the day. Um, and I, you know, it just happened to, you know, follow me into the and just happened to be my signature move after this many years, which is nuts. How know? did that come to be? Because like you, like you said, it's nuts. I bet you just did it. I was practicing in, um, one, one day um, in the school, and I did it in the school. And um, and then our debut in um, the Global Wrestling Federation, it was about 50 to 
80 people there and they were not nice people in Dallas. Mm. We got called a lot of things in, in Dallas and we were like, wow, what's going on here? Uh-huh. You know, and uh, I did the spin rooney and uh, I realized the power of the spin rooney it really is a magical thing and it makes people forget about anything, you know, race, color, religion, or anything. People just go, wow, it's cool, you know what I mean? So we've tried to, uh, you know, use it, you know, throughout the career and I tell you what, never in a million years I would have thought it would be my signature move after all these years you know Vince McMahon every now and then I gotta see it see that, that was gonna ask you. Is, that, is that something that Vince kind of saw and focused in on it or because that became the, the thing was that the thing before you got to WWE? No, like, um, you know who made it famous was um um I can't think of his name right now, but he used to win WCW. Spadarone, Spadarone. Uh, Mark Madden. Mark Madden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Madden. He made the Spadarone famous, and then I realized what I had, you know, and I was like, okay, that needs to be my signature move, mm-hmm. and the signature move is nothing, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, and I just do it when I got a break in the match, you know what I mean, which is became, you know, something, you know, that was stupid, but the fans want to see it, and, and that's what wrestling is, you know. Um, it's entertainment. I, I tell people all the time, you know, um, the rock spit punch, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's entertainment, you know what I mean? For sure, absolutely. You know, all, all of that stuff make the fan know what we do is entertainment, but it's still literally up to us to go out there and take them on that roller coaster ride to where it's more than just a game to them. It's, it's real to them just as, as it is to us. Sure. Yeah. I, I remember, too, you guys would do that after the show sometimes, go yeah. to the ring, and the various people yeah. would do it. We did it an hour after the show. Yeah. You know, we was an hour after the show, went off the air trying to get The Undertaker to do the spin room. Really? You know, everybody in the locker room pretty much came out and did the spin room, including this big man. You know what I mean? <laughs> then, uh, yeah, yeah. I was Vince's spinner. It was not good, yeah. you know. But but, but uh, to, to try to get the, to, to try to get the Undertaker to do it, uh, it was it was awesome. So it what's was, Taker doing when you're asking me? He was he was just like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to. I'm telling him it's not it's not me. I'm, I'm getting it from the back. You know, they're telling me Vince is telling me to do this. You know, and uh, finally um, he wouldn't do it after you know I don't know twenty people cup came out and he ended up giving a big show chokes oh, of and course he walked off and never did spin a rooney the undertaker's the only one out of the company uh that didn't do the spin a rooney which is awesome man. Yeah, yeah. but that's we're talking about like that entertainment aspect of it oh. and another great entertaining was you and gold dust oh, and, and me and christian worked with you and gold dust for, for it seemed like a year yeah. but what great chemistry you guys had is like he's just out in left field but you kept up with him with whatever wacky you know, stuff they came up with i, I was always the type to no matter what the situation is, you go out and make the situation the best situation on the card. No matter what it is, it could be the smallest little bitty thing, but you go out and make it the best, you know, on the card. And so working with Goldie uh, for me was a just another test. I say, man, it's another test. I could, you know, I got to pass this test, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go out here and create and do whatever I have to do to uh, make this thing happen. But people um, got to know that me and Goldie, we go way back. We are. Mentioned Dustin yeah, earlier for yeah, your first yeah. main event. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, we go way back, you know, the WCW days. You know what I mean? Uh, having some of my best matches with him, you know, um, coming up to watch him, uh, the athlete, you know, uh, Goldie was as Dustin Rhodes back in the day. You know what I mean? And to actually be uh, 
to get a chance to do something like that, you know, um, I've always been closer to family, Dusty as well, you know what I mean, as well as Cody. Yeah. You know, my last uh, match, you know, in uh, WCW was with, you know, Cody Rhodes. In WWE? Yeah. Really? In WWE. No yeah, kidding. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was Cody Rhodes, you know what I mean? So um, just being closer to family has just been, you know, I, I don't know, it goes back to Dusty, I guess, you know, and then me and Goldie got a chance to go out there and entertain. What were some of the things that you guys would do? Like, there's some, like, you know, go ben- at the movies, uh, Booker T and Gold does at the movies, you know, we, we you know, we get Scorpion King, you know, uh, you know, we go to 7-Eleven, you know, uh, we, you know, I was looking for my Booker T cups, you know what I mean? But, but of the course, they, yeah, but they, of course they were all out of them. Of course, sold out right <laughs> sold, away. Sold out. Yeah, plenty of rock cups, you know, no, no Booker T cups, they all sold out, you know, so, uh, but just to get a chance to, you know, I mean, he ended up in bed with me at one point in time, you know, so, but it was good to actually be able to um, character build. Uh, right, sure. That's what WWE is, uh, was always great at, you know, for me anyway, was um, giving me a chance to go out and character build, um, become something different than just a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Coming from WCW, I was, you know, I would talk a little bit, but I was known for being a wrestler mm-hmm. uh, when I came from WCW. And then More serious. It, exactly. And then I got there and I had to totally let my guard down to go out there and um, do something totally different. But I was willing to do that because, I, you know, coming from WCW, I wanted to prove to the guys in the locker room that I was worthy of being there i want to be a part of the group i want to be a part of the team you know i wasn't just coming there and i don't want to bring my accolades from from wcw and say hey guys i'm here you know accept me i'm the you know five-time champ you know what i mean no i want to go out there and say hey guys i'm gonna pull my weight and um and i and i did that it was a uh, maybe a year and a half or so before undertaker you know came and go hey book you know over here dressed with us in the TV locker room. Oh, I made it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was a trial and tribulation. But I noticed that too. Like when I first came from WWE, the, the Monday Night Wars was a real thing oh. amongst the boys. Oh, yes. You know, and there was, you could feel a little bit of, you know, not animosity, but tension, tension when we came in there. Yeah. When I came in, and yeah. when you, did you feel that as yeah. well? They want, well, when I came in, by the time I came in, they wanted to bury every. WCW guy under a pile of, you know, mm. rubble. Yeah. Let me say that word. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, uh, and I understood that. I knew that. Um, but they knew I was talent. Um, I, they, uh, it was one of those things I was going to sink or swim myself. Um, I knew a lot of the guys in WCW wasn't prepared for what they were getting ready to deal with when they came to WCW. It's a totally different animal, to- totally different game. Um, but for myself, my life experiences prepared me for that way before it ever happened, you know, um, losing, um, you know, a family member, you know, I had, I had seen that before, you know, so a company closing down, that's <laughs> just mm-hmm. another day at the office, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I remember a couple of guys, one of the guys asked me, book, what are you going to do, man? You know, it's the last day of WCW. I'm like, I'm going to WWE. What do you think mm-hmm. I'm going to do? You know, but, um, I was prepared for that. And a lot of those guys was not prepared for what we were getting ready to expect. And that was, to get beat up, bruised, battered, and torn. And if you wasn't, if, if you didn't have tough skin, you wasn't going to last very long there. It was about raising the WWE flag. It was about winning the war. It was about shutting Ted Turner's group down. I knew that. I understood that. That's just the way mm-hmm. life is. Well, there was some time between you coming to WWE after after WCW, correct? Very little. I okay, t- you were one I, of the I first. Took a buyout. 
I took. I, gotcha. I, I literally didn't wait any time. I was like the first guy to leave the company and walk up, walk in the door. So, what were your options? As you could take a buyout, or you could. Stay? I could have taken a fifty percent buyout, gotcha. or I could have set out the duration of my contract and just made them took the money. Because a lot of guys did that. A lot of guys sat did, out, right? Most just about every one of the guys did that, mm-hmm. unless their contract was up. Um, I still had like a year and a half left on my contract, and I was making a lot of money. Yeah, and. Um, I, I was willing to bank on myself there again and my talent. You know, Ric Flair always said a wrestler's worst enemy is time off. You know, so mm-hmm. I didn't want to sit out and, you know, lose my momentum. I was the heavyweight champ. I was the United States champ. You know, I closed the company down. When the company closed, you were the champ? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah I was the United And the U.S. champ. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so okay. I closed the company down as the top guy. And so I was like, it's time to keep my momentum going. It's time to keep, you know, um, you know, grinding. You know, that, the money I lose, you know, if I'm good as I think I am, I make that back. Which is a great point. Yeah, so I say, you know, go for it, you know, and um, I banked on myself and boom, here I am. What was that like um, the last day of WCW? You guys knew that was going on? Yeah, yeah, we knew it was going on, Shane McMahon, and, you know, a bunch of guys came in and, you know, they pretty much was taking over that night. Did you know Shane was going to be there or did he just walk in? Um, I didn't know who was going to be there. We just knew WWE's people. Okay. And then Shane walked in like a big... Like the boss, like I'm taking over all of this. This is all, all of this stuff is all mine. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay. But uh, Shane liked me first, right off the bat, man. He liked me yeah. right off the bat, man. I was one of his. Um, when I came into WWE, I was, you know, he was my right hand man. Yeah. Know? Well, they must have had an eye on you. They knew what was going on when they you knew know, it was coming. Um, McMahon, she said, you know, um, we finally got you. You know, nah. that was one of the first things she said to me. Um, we finally got you. And I was like, you know, for me, um, like I say, I was ready to. I never thought I would go to WWE. I never, never uh, I, thought really? I, I thought I would retire with WCW if it would have lasted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my dream wasn't to go, you know, to you know, Halifax, Nova Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is the fine people of Halifax. <laughs> we love you. Yeah. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I tell you, man, it's cold over there, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, WWE would go to the coldest places at the coldest times of the year. You know, yeah. and, and you know, and I'm like, God, man, why did they do this? You know, the, you, the map was like all over the place. They would be driving, <laughs> up. and I saw that WCW. They stayed in all the warm climates. You know, I'd be out on my boat fishing every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a great gig. You know, so uh, but when the time came, um, I was prepared for it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, nothing lasts forever. You know what I mean? So I was prepared for it. Was there ever any feelers sent out by WWE during the Monday Night Wars? Oh uh, yeah, know? yeah. We, I always um, when my contract would come up, they would let me know that you know I had a place. You know, if I wanted to try it mm. out. You know, but I I was I was scared. Honestly, you know what I mean? I I, I mean I was a guy who hadn't. You know, I mean. My first place I left, you know, gone um, when I left Texas, you know, my first place I had visit was Japan, you know, um, and I was 25 years old, you know, so being in the business, you know, I, I got a chance to deal in the South. That was cool, you know what I mean? I, I could mm-hmm. deal with that, you know what I mean? But WWE is world wrestling entertainment. They go everywhere on that map. And um, I didn't know if I was, you know, literally prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew if it, you know, when the time came, you know, I was going to get it done. But being prepared for something like that, you, you really never know. You right. know, but um, I got in there, you know, stuck it out, performed well. And, uh, you know, the boys like me. What were the biggest differences that you noticed between WCW and WWE when you first got there? <laughs> the business. How business oriented um, WWE was, how everything was, you know, on schedule. Oh, gotcha. You know, the guys went out there and performed uh, a television show, you know, and everything was marked and scripted properly, um, which was which was awesome. You know, um, 
uh, the grind, of course, was different. It was, you know, you had to be had to have your hard hat on and you had to keep it on all the time, um, you know, because that's the way you make your money mm-hmm. in WWE. You know, how talented you are and, you know, how much bonus pay you can get. You that's know a good I mean? point because WWE is your contract. You make X amount of dollars no matter what. Yeah, yeah. WWE, yeah. the higher in the cards you get, the more money yeah, you Yeah, less, you know, you can get injured. You know what I mean? So you had to, I had to totally rethink the whole program. You know, how can mm-hmm. I go out here and, you know, perform and not get hurt? throughout my career you know and um and i pretty much did that i didn't get too many injuries throughout my career and i was able to you know be there for the pay-per-views and you know make the good money and you know um and still um weather the storm at the same time you know because to walk away from the business i think is every wrestler's dream you know what i mean of course on your own terms yeah exactly to be a walk away from it and and, um i think um you know that's been the um, the best part for me is um to have been able to do it and walk through it and mm-hmm. you know see you know I was I was just thinking about that earlier it's like man I, man I could only you know have imagined as a kid you know seeing some of the places that I've seen now I never dreamt any of that stuff and I've, I've seen just about every place on the map you know and. I've lived so many lives, you know what I mean, through this business. It's been great, you know what I mean? And um, and still now, it's even better now <laughs> on this side of it. You know what I mean? People ask me all the time, dude, I mean, when are you going to get one more match, man? When are you coming back, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm never coming back, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm done, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm so happy, you know, now, you know, to still be with a – I'm a Hall of Famer now. You know, my name, you know, is – you know, in the history books, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be remembered forever through my fans, you know, and, you know, my old tapes and whatnot. Some tape that I don't wish to ever see again, like the <laughs> comment with Hogan. <laughs> but, 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 we, we just have to mention that quickly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so you're doing a, a promo on Hulkster and going into yeah, your ghetto talk yeah, as Booker yeah, T would, yeah, yeah, the Harley yeah, Booker T, yeah, yeah. you let the N-word slip. If uh, I said it, I'd get fired if you say it, it's okay. But I, the, got, I, I got a raise. <laughs> so, and it was live TV, right? Yeah, it was live TV, man. So when yeah. it slipped out, were you just like, oh, no? I was like, I'm getting fired. I'm like, I'm, they, they're going to let me go, man. They're going to fire me after this, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, God, what am I thinking, you know what I mean? But you were in, in character. I was, it. you know what I mean? But, I, you know, I let a lot – I feel like I let a lot of people down that day, man. Mm-hmm. It was like the worst moment of my career, literally. Um, probably the worst day of my life. And that includes, you know, being locked up and everything. Um, that right there hurt me, I think, more than anything ever. Hurt, um, hurt you – Outwardly, you know, because, wise, you know, or just hurt your your own feelings. Hurt me because no one has never heard me say that, you know, anywhere. You gotcha. know what I mean? And um, to hear me say it on television, um, and there's a lot of young black kids out there that you know sometimes they think it's I okay gotcha. to say the word. You know what I mean? And they don't realize the struggle that we went through to not be able to call, be called that. Mm-hmm. And I talk about it all the time on my radio show. As far as you know, I mean, if we can take the confederate flag down why can't we take the n-word out of the dictionary interesting so even as, a, as a black guy you want to see that word gone completely yeah, from blacks ra- whites everybody totally and, such uh, an angry ugly it word it really is yeah. you know what i mean and um kids nowadays um whether they're black white um hispanic they all feel like it's okay to say it it's just mm-hmm. a common word mm-hmm. now it doesn't you know mean anything you know what i mean but it means a lot you know yeah um in the big picture you know what i mean so uh, i um i just felt like it was one of the worst days of my life and I want to be, I want to stick my head in the dirt, man, and just hide, you know, from the world. 
you know, and now it's viral, you know, and a lot of people think it's cool. And I have to tell them, look, man, it's not cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't go in the White House, you know, talking like that. Right. You, you know what I mean? You can't get a job talking like that, you know, when you're in the rundown, you know what I mean? Somebody come up at the drive through what up? You know what I mean? Yeah, what yeah. you want? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, what kind of burger you want on that? Such and such. You know right, what I mean? Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, in word, you, is that all you want? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't. Do, no. You can't do that. You know what I mean? You can't go around with your pants sagging around your your ankles and, and expect to get you know fill that application out and get the job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's about um, trying to educate these um, young young kids out there. But that's you something know? you can use to do. That. I've been through it. Right. I've done it. You know what I mean? Um, they, they, and they know my life. They know my story. I'm not. You know, um, I went to prison. I lost my kid, my parents. I know what it's like to live with rats and roaches. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so it's not anything that I haven't seen, but it's, it comes a time when we have to change mm-hmm. and i just feel like um i let a lot of people down but you know i'm still i'm still um atoning for it i still got a big broom trying to clean that mess up see but that, that shows the kind of a person you are that still bothers you oh man. you know what i mean because yeah. yeah. most people just laugh it off whatever but nah, and that's man. something you can use like you said to help educate oh yeah about that oh yeah you know oh, did yeah. you did did hogan say anything to you or did, did, did he say you know if i am and i'm a good end <laughs> <laughs> How was it uh, talking about Hulk and talking about that that time frame when when NWO came into WCW, being w, WCW for years was kind of always the secondary company, and then boom, biggest company in the world through the roof, and you had been there from the start. How, how was that for you? Did you did you did you um, benefit from that, or did you find? Well, you know. Uh... I tell you, me and my brother, we became the hottest tag team, you know, when Hogan came in. That was mm-hmm. the big reason um, we became a hot tag team was because uh, Hogan, you know, he was like, man, you guys got the hottest tag team right here. Why you out there going out there looking for guys? You know, you got them right here, you know, and he was talking about Harlem Heat. And right, like, right, oh, right, right, right. So they put um, Sherry Martell with us, uh, and all of that was, you know, a lot of that was because of Hogan, you know, and uh, so um, – you know, we were we had a good good spot. You know, um, you know, um, the company always took care of my brother and I. You know, we were never the job. I agree, guys always for the guys yeah. that were coming in. You know, so we always um, kept at a certain status uh, with the company. And um, so when you know when they came in, you know, they had the green light, man. You know, um, they had the ball. It was you know uh, had the contracts where they pretty much had creative control to do whatever they wanted. And uh, you know, I was always that type. You know. I grew up, you know, I don't, I don't knock the man for, you know, getting, you know, getting what he got, you know what I mean? And I wish, you know, I wish I had the right. same agent. It's not his you know fault for getting $3 exactly. million a year. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I just worried about my uh, piece of the pie, you know, and that was it. You know what I mean? I never got caught up in what someone else was doing, you know what I mean? And I think uh, that's what kept me focused um, as far as what I really needed to do, you know, um, uh, a lot of those guys that were making a lot more money than me, you know, in the beginning, at the end, I was making more money than them, you know what I mean? So I had to, you know, keep my focus, you know, but um, those guys um, took the um, company and took it to another level. The NWO made, gave us eyes, man. We were um, like pay-per-view every week, you know, at TVs, you know what I mean? The place was sold out to the rafters, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So Stadiums I mean, we were playing. Remember? Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Six stadiums yeah, in a row. Yeah, so for me to actually be able to be on that card and to be a part of that, a young kid from South Park, I was like, <laughs> man, I'm standing in this part. Party till I get good and drunk, bro. They're going to have to throw me out. You know what I mean? So it was a ride, man. You know, and I was having fun. And, you know, it was cool. Yeah, I found cool. um, what really kind of took you to the next level as a single star. And I still think about how great the series of matches you had with Chris Benoit were. Yeah, the man. best of seven. You know, those matches gave me a chance to see 
how good I was, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, Chris pushed me to a level that no one had ever pushed me to, to make me go out there and rise to something special. And I'm like, wow, you know what I mean? Um, the best of seven matches with Chris was you know, second to none in my career. Um, I say all the time, those were the matches that made people look at me and say, man, maybe this guy, maybe he got it. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can, you know, go to the next level. Um, I never knew, you know, you know, how good I was until I got in the ring with Benoit, you know. But the thing is, I, I tell, you know, not just Benoit, you know, I, I tell people all the time, the Canadian, um, just the Canadians, period, you know what I mean, has always been able to bring something out of me that no one else has been able to bring out, you know what I mean. It's always been like we gone to the same school. Uh, mm. We went to the same, you know, we trained the same way under the same guidelines, you know. And um, I don't know, just, just about every Canadian I've been in the ring with has been like that, but the best of seven was by by far, you know, something that I never could have imagined doing. I didn't even think when Dusty Rose approached us with it, you know, the seven matches that there's no way we could do seven matches. The fans want to watch that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then we found ourselves challenging ourselves, you know, trying to one-up ourselves. And then we wouldn't even talk about it. We wouldn't even talk to each other before the match. Yeah. It became a, a competition to, to what we could go out there and see, you know, how good can we, you know, create, you know what I mean? And it was such an awesome thing, you know, and, you know, after it was all over with, um, I had knee surgery and he had elbow surgery. <laughs> That's how much we had beat each other up, you know, but it was, it was such an awesome feeling to walk out of that curtain to, it was like a heavyweight fight every week. You know, the fans treated it like a heavyweight fight. and Kind of buzz about it. For me, it was a buzz. Even, you know, even now I get goosebumps thinking about it because it was like a buzz, you know, that I never had before going into a, a, a wrestling match. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this is wrestling. <laughs> you know what I mean? But with him, man, it wasn't wrestling, man. It was a fight, man. It was something, you know, that... Because Chris, Chris didn't call, like to call a lot of stuff. You mentioned that. He, he would was, rather not call anything in a lot of ways. It was all feel. It was like a lot of feel, and we would just go out, and, you know, uh, we knew what we you know, had to go out there and do um, as far as the finish goes. But as far as the match goes, we would never talk to each other. We, and we would, you know, and the only, the only way we could make it, you know, something special is we couldn't know what we were going to do uh, from one match to the next that's the only way we can make it different hmm. so we just went out and just freelance the whole thing yeah. and just say let's see how this work out you know what i mean so at certain times he would be doing something i didn't think it was right because i need to get over right here <laughs> so, so boom i stop him right in the tracks you know what i mean and, and same thing with him you know sometimes i get hit so hard you know what i mean i was like what are you doing? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But I have to snap back and realize, oh, that's Chris. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. That's the way it's going to be. You know what I mean? Uh, so. Well, yeah, like you said, wouldn't break your nose or knock any teeth, but he's gonna, you're going to feel it. Yeah, you know? man, you're going to feel it, and you're going to feel it to the um, to the utmost. It's going to, like I said, you're going to know that you was in a war. You go back to the hotel that night, and you go, wow, you know. But that's the, that was the difference, you know. Um, for me, to take that soreness back to the room was, you know, that was my badge. Yeah. You know, that was, you know, the – you know, me walking through that, you know, through the danger zone and coming out, mm-hmm. you know, so um, I loved it, you know, having that pain, you know, each and every night, you know, I remember getting chopped by Chris over 30 times in one match. And, um, and each uh, one hurts. Like and, uh, and, you know, but no, it was one of those nights where I literally wanted to test myself, you know what I mean? So literally every couple of seconds I'm saying, light me up, light <laughs> me up, you know, so big, big, 
thinking I'm like all little boys in the back watching this, and I'm like, they know they better not mess with me after watching this. You know what I mean? I just had, I just wanted to show them how tough I was. Right. You know what I mean? And I wanted to use Chris to do it because he was not going to lie, let you know, let up off. Mm-hmm. He was going to just lay it in, and so he would go out there and just beat me up. And um, over thirty chops, and I let my students watch it um, one night, and I let them know I was like, all of that was me, man. You know, that's what the business. That that's the business mm-hmm. going out and you know you know having that gladiator mentality to you know you know want to beat the guy up that you're going out there and performing with no matter how much you like the guy you know and I always told I, I tell a lot of my students you know and even you know guys that I've worked with in WWE um, I say uh, how many times have you gone out there and actually wanted to beat up the guy that you're working with and a lot of them you know they may say you know I don't know you know well, that's you thinking wrong you want to beat him up every night you know what I mean I'm like I work with Chris Jericho I wanted to beat him up every night yeah, yeah. I didn't like Chris when we were working together I'm like was, right I'm like we didn't go out and hang out in the bar like, <laughs> I wanted to beat that guy up I didn't I really didn't like him people say who was one of the you know guys you really didn't get along with I didn't really get along with Chris you know what I mean but that was because we were in the freaking war. Right. You know what I mean? When you're in the war, you ain't got time to like nobody. Or no. Be if, if, if you play for the Dallas Cowboys and I play for the New York Jets, you know, we want to win the game. Exactly. If we I have, can tackle you and take your head off, I'm going to do it. We have time to be buddies. I mean, I can't right. get to the quarterback and lighten up on him because I play for the opposite team. You know, that's if you're going right. to go out there, you got to light him up. And, and that's what I tell people. My best matches were, were guys that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 but in the ring, you would never know it. Mm. Because we went out there, great we, point. we beat each other up. It was it was all fair and love and war. Yeah, you know. And then when we come back through the curtain, you know, sorry about that, shit, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that. You know, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You, were, you know, when you know used to give me, they used to just knock my block up every time. Was spine buster, spine buster. Yeah, like slam. the kind of the Alabama the thing slam was, thing. You yeah. took it better than anybody else, though. It wasn't me. It was you. You just took it. You you, well, yeah. you could have taken. You could have easily took the easy route. Easy route. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could have easily have taken the easy route. And I tell people about that spot all the time. Oh, do you? I actually showed it to my <laughs> students. I say, Chris did this spot better than anybody that I've ever done it with. And he did it every time. And it wasn't because of me. It was because of you. You wanted to go out there and make that match reaction. better. It, it had yeah. a great reaction. And people go, wow, God, I mean, that's got to be it. <laughs> One, two, and barely kick out at three. Oh, we got him. Just lay right there. Don't move. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, that, that's, the, that's the business. You know? I mean, and that's the lost art mm-hmm. of um, two guys going out there and performing. Um, that's the lost art right there. I always tell my guys, you know, we out there competing, you know, against each other, but we're definitely working with each other because it's not a, it's not about you and I. It's about the fan that's watching it. And if they walk away from it, you know, like I did when I went to watch the Shaw Brothers production at the Metro Theater um, downtown, you know, Kicking somebody when I left, it was good. Yeah, if I wouldn't go in that, movies yeah, from the 70s, yeah. exactly. If I wasn't kicking somebody, you know, um, you know, chopping somebody, you know, chopping up, you know, on my way to the bus stop, you know, uh, it wasn't a good movie. You know what yeah. I mean? But if I came out of there, man, you know, jumping up, it was a good movie, and that's what. That's what uh, we do. What uh, finally made you decide to, do you say retire? I want to use that word lightly because we're talking about wrestling. But what made you finally decide to, to step step down from You know, um, I, had a, I had a neck issue um, oh, okay. some years ago um, when I was thinking about coming back to WWE before the Rumble in 2011. And um, I went to Pittsburgh and I got the um, full run through and everything. And the doctors told me that I had uh, something pinching something. And... Um, 
but he told me I could get worked on and get it fixed, or I could retire and have no problem. So I just say, man, I had a, I've had a great time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, it's like it's no reason for me to go to get it fixed and to to go back and do what? You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I have nothing to prove anymore. You know what I mean? And um, and I just felt like it was time for me to to walk away from it. I do really, honestly, truly feel like life goes in seasons. You know, spring, summer, winter, and fall, and you got to know when the season has changed. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, um, it's not like I can't go out there and do it. I still train with my students. Um, even after the neck, um, um, you know, was you know diagnosed, I still had to full run with Cody and still went on the road. So I could still do it. But, you know, the um, quality of life for me to be around for, you know, my little Kennedy Rose and my little Kendrick James, my five-year-old twins, to see my girl walk down the aisle one day, you know, to see my son, you know, graduate from college, you know, that's, that's going to take a lot of work, you know, and um, th- that work can't be done, you know, on the road, traveling, you know, mm-hmm. you know, 300 days out of the year, I need to be at home, you know, I need to be training myself to actually make it to that point, <laughs> you know what I mean, as well as uh, being there for them, you know, for every occasion, like little girls, you know, daddy's day um, dance day whatever you know what I mean my son you know I gotta be there for him in, in every way shape form you know so I just felt like it was time for me to um, set it out as well as you know I have a son that's 33 years old just turned 33 wow. December 29th and um, him and I are getting ready to write a book together and, oh uh, really my, father, my fatherhood and how I was being Booker T's son you know cause I wasn't there a lot right he grew up, you know, and he missed out on a lot of things, you know, and I refused to let that happen to me a second time around. Mm. Yeah, so that's So why. but once a week you go on the road to do commentating? Yeah, yeah. How do you yeah. like that? Well, you know, the commentary thing is cool, you know, but now I'm, I'm doing the on the kickoff show, which is cool. Right. Um, for, oh, for Raw. Yeah, for yeah. Raw, Raw kickoff show, which is great for me, you know, because now I get a chance to actually still do WWE, but it's really so hard to actually focus on, Dolph Ziggler and Sheamus and, you know, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose and all of those guys when I got, you know, Mysterious Q and, you know, Ryan Davis. Right. That's your gang, yeah. All of my guys. It's it's so hard, you know what I mean? So to be able to do the Monday um, kickoff show and then have the rest of the week off to think about reality of wrestling and growing my enterprise here and, you know, I'm doing my boxing events, my MMA events, concerts, whatnot, um, become, you know, a mogul here in the city. Um, I'm already getting closer <laughs> to being the mayor. You know, I already got my own day. Hey, you've been a main eventer since yeah, you got in the business. Been, been now you've been the mayor. Main since day one. You know what I mean? So that's just, uh, just time for something different. And, but, but I love it, man. I'm, 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 I'm the happiest person in the world right now, still being able to work for the company, um, WWE, uh, still being a Hall of Famer, uh, been having five-year-old twins. I'm having my own wrestling company, doing my radio thing every week. I love that, you know. It's just awesome, you know. You know, I wouldn't say it's awesome being Booker T, but Booker T is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, last question, Booker. If you had to pick out one or two of your favorite matches that stand out in your mind, is the one you can think of? Oh man, favorite match um, stand out. Um, I tell you, man. I tell people all the time. I, I never been able to remember matches and stuff like that. I remember the best of seven series because of what it was mm-hmm. and um how I, you know what it did for me as a performer 
forever. But um, I never remember matches, man. That's for the fan to remember. You know, the fan can remind me about it, and then I'll say, yeah, man, I remember that. You know what I mean? But if it make them feel a certain way, which is what I tried to do throughout my whole career, is make the fans feel a certain way when they watch me, you know, it was worth it. But uh, the memory, the memory is for the fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, way, a good way to end it off, man. Well, you're always one of my favorites to work All with. All right, man. Thank you, brother. Hell yeah. <laughs> There's no better way to get the blood pumping on a cold winter's day than to pop in an earbud and listen to a chilling tale. What leaves me shaking to this day is the memory of Charlotte's face hanging out from behind the tree looking at me. Chilling Tales, the podcast with new mind-bending stories every week. Subscribe now at iTunes and get your tale chilled at podcastone.com. Booker T is a busy guy, and what a great conversation we had. He invited me to his uh, his performance center. He had his gym and his ring set in there. Reality of Wrestling, getting ready to move to the World's Gym Arena in Houston, Texas. January 30th is the huge debut of the brand-new Reality of Wrestling RVD will be there. Go to realityofwrestling.com for ticket information. You got to go check it out. Booker's so busy. He's, uh, he does uh, some commentary for WWE. He does the pre-shows for WWE. He's got his wrestling school. Uh, he's also got his own radio show on Sports Radio 610 in Houston. It's called Heated Conversations. You can also hear it as a podcast that play it. I've done it before. Booker, good guy. Fun to talk to. Great energy. I thank him for being here, and I thank you for being here. And once again, thank you for listening. And make sure you never miss an amazing episode like Booker T today. Never miss an amazing episode of Talk is Jericho. you got to go hit that subscribe button at iTunes. Leave us a comment and a five-star rating as well. That boosts the profile of this show, which gives me more power to do what I want with the show and get the guests that I want for the show. You can help us do it, man. It really helps me out. And also, speaking of help, Amazon. Longest running sponsor of Talk is Jericho. Easiest way to support this podcast. Just use the Talk is Jericho links. You can find them by going to podcastone.com. Clicking on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hitting the Talk is Jericho button. I got Amazon links for the USA, the UK, the Canada A. Every time you use the Talk is Jericho Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage to this show to help us cover these costs of producing this show. No hidden fees or extra charges. You can buy just whatever you want on Amazon. It's Amazon, man. Go Google whatever you want. I bought a microwave on there today, and I did it through the TIJ link. Kick back a couple bucks to myself. Robin Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, boy. It's the best price, the best deals, and we can do it for you through the Talk is Jericho links. Go to podcastone.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hit that Talk is Jericho button. All my great sponsors are there, including Amazon. Amazon, including DDP Yoga with the DDP Yoga Now app. Go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho to get three free months of the DDP Yoga app. And don't forget Denzo Iridium TT Spark Plugs. Get your car running smooth as a baby's bottom. All right. Keep on listening next week and keep on listening right now for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next. And next week, I got uh, I got the one of the hottest new bands going on right now, the Butcher Babies. Carla and Heidi will be here. They're, they're uh, rocking. They're rocking it for, uh, for heavy metal. And they're doing a great, great job. And they're uh, what a gimmick they have. It's very, very cool. It's 
great story. Two chicks in the uh, male-dominated world of rock and roll, and they are killing it. Sisters doing it for themselves. Butcher Baby's here next Wednesday. We'll see you here. Thank you very much. Stay hard. Stay cool. Stay hungry. And a big yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.